AM 570. An L.A. sports icon. Fred Rogan is here tonight. Decades on your television covering Los Angeles sports. Fred Rogan, huge in Los Angeles. The Dean. I'm the Dean. Fred Rogan. Weekdays before Petros and Money. A USC All-American. USC's Rodney Pete. An NFL quarterback. Absolutely perfectly delivered by Rodney Pete. Rodney Pete. Available on the iHeartRadio app or on am570lasports.com. This is Rogan and Rodney. And here we go. It's Fred Rogan and Rodney Pete, and we're on early today because we wanted our crack at Charger Camp. Wanted to be down here when something's going on and be able to talk to the guys. So uh, apologies for those of you that were tuning in to hear Colin. I can tell you what his lead story would have been. What's it going to be? Aaron Rodgers is wearing a different jock this year. What are you trying to say, Fred? That he's football heavy? I'm not. Well, he's NFL football, heavy. He's NFL heavy, but it's all about Aaron Rodgers. I understand that Aaron <laughs> Rodgers actually slept on his left side instead of his right last night. I'm sorry you're not going to be hearing that today. Our apologies <laughs> to you. We're not quite as plugged in in wow. the Aaron Rodgers saga wow. as Colin is. Colin, I'm just going to say that was Fred Rogan. That wasn't me. That's true. You know? That's that was, true. That was Fred. I get it. Hey, look, look. Aaron Rodgers is a big story, Fred. It's happening every single day, whether he's going to stay, whether he's wearing the man bun or not. <laughs> it's a big, it's a big story. Hey, I, think he, I think he would have touched on the draft tonight too, though, Fred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a little bit. Yeah, a little, a little bit. bit. But it would have been all Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. But you know what? We got a big story here, Rod. Yeah, we do. We're at Chargers training camp, Fred, down in Costa Mesa. So uh-huh. bolt up, bolt up, baby. Uh, we're in a new position. From where we were a couple of years ago, they have a new coach. There is a new attitude. When you look out on the field now as we see guys getting ready to stretch and start working out, what memories of training camp does that bring back? Oh, you know, it's a it's a love-hate thing, Fred. Uh, and I felt it as I was pulling up here and then get out here. And, you know, it's a cliche to say, oh, you smell the grass. It kind of gets your juices flowing and all those things. But it's a, it's a reality. It's it, The memories just start flashing through your head. But, yeah. When I say love hate, is you dread leading up to training camp? Oh, training camp's a week away. Training camp's two days away. Oh, we got to report to training camp because you know it's a grind. Well, not so much of a grind for these guys nowadays like it was when I was playing when it was full two a days and pads and, and they were hitting right? and we were hitting every single yeah. day. Well, I wasn't because I was quarterback. Everyone wore the red jersey, but the big guys were hitting every single day. Um, it was definitely two practices, two two hour practices a day. So it's a little bit different. Um, but when you get here and you get in the moment and you see your teammates and you hang out with the teammates and it's practicing and then it's lunchtime and breakfast and dinner and at night you're you're gathering and you're playing cards or poker or dominoes or whatever with everybody, it is like you're back with your family again because it really is your second family. Right. So it feels good to be back with the guys and you get into it um, until about uh, – the second week, and you're like, okay, I'm ready to break it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Brandon Staley, the new coach of the Chargers, has changed things up. You know, they can go six days consecutively per yep. the collective bargaining agreement. He's not going to do that. You know, there's a, a specific amount of time they can practice every day. He's right. not going to do that. They're practicing less, and they're practicing fewer minutes because he wants everybody to be ready for the season. He wants to take care of the veterans. It's a new approach down here, Rodney, and, and it's kind of a Sean McVay-ish approach. Yeah. Yeah, and it feels like, you know, for whatever reasons, injuries are a part of of the game of football, and you got to deal with it. But the Chargers, as we know, have been hit so hard over the last few years with their injuries that have kind of really 
put a damper on their season. And, and, and those injuries would happen early in the season that they had to deal with it. So the importance of staying healthy, especially for this team, is, is really important because they they have a quality roster with some great players. They have the capability, especially on defense, of shutting people down and having a really good year now, a second-year quarterback. So health is, is such a big concern for them. So I, I get it. I understand. And sometimes you do have to take a – a radically different approach, Fred, to change things up because what you have been doing uh, in the past has not worked in terms of injuries. You know, we're sitting here and we're looking out at the field. I don't know if the uh, the blocking dummies here got you or not, but I can look right at Justin Herbert. Yes. I can see him throwing right in front of me. When you see this young man... I'm, getting... seeing, I'm seeing through the rush right now, Fred. Oh, you got, yeah, you got yeah, it? Okay, yeah. right. I'm you're... looking through the rush. you got to find a lane when you're a quarterback, Fred. You're used to that. <laughs> yes, yes. When you look out and you see him, given what he did last year... What do you expect from him this year? Well, from all accounts, and, and look, I, I, I don't know, know the kid very well. I don't know him much at all, but uh, he, everybody talks about how hard he works, how much he grasps the game early as a young quarterback in the league, which is not easy. You know, as much success as you have in college, when you get to the pro level, it's a whole different ball game. Everybody's good. You're not going to have guys running wide, wide open like he did at Oregon, but the way he stepped in and fit in very well last year for them and had an unbelievable season as a rookie. Um, and then, then his attitude about how he works, I think he's only going to get better uh, because he's going to have to get better, Fred. Everybody's going to look at him as last year he was a rookie, kind of just kind of got thrown in there and he did what he did. But now there's other teams going to game plan against him. They know what he's available. They got, you know, 16 games of tape on him now and they know his weaknesses. So he has to evolve just like other teams he's playing are going to evolve against him, he has to take his game to the next level. And it's so great for him that he got that experience last year as a rookie. Uh, it's, it's only going to do wonders for, for him and this team knowing that he played a lot and he is their guy of the future. you got to get the quarterback right. And we've said this and we know this for years that you can't go into a season not knowing who your guy is going to be. And the Chargers have their guy. They had it for so long with Phillip Rivers. Right. And now they've got their next guy. So uh, I'm looking forward to big things from Justin Herbert. All right, Tom Telesco, the general manager, is going to stop by here in this first hour. And later on during the show, we expect Joey Bosa, who I think is very funny when he's on with oh, us. Oh, yeah. Uh, and Keenan Allen may stop by as well. Okay. All right, so we'll keep an eye on everything down here in Costa Mesa as the Chargers uh, are in day two of camp. Big story this morning, SUNY Lee. Just want to touch on it quickly, Rodney. Yeah. And, and there's some confusion. Let me tell you this right off the bat. As a guy that works at NBC, I am very confused. I don't understand. What? Wait, say that again. I am confused. No. Yeah, shocking, isn't it? Yes. I am confused. Uh, 7 o'clock this morning, you get the alert that SUNY Lee from St. Paul, Minnesota, captured the uh, all-around gold medal in women's gymnastics. That should have been Simone Biles. Simone Biles stepped out, basically had a case of the yips. Couldn't go, thought it best not to compete, maybe to either not embarrass herself or not hurt herself. She just couldn't go. So Suni Lee wins. Here's my confusion. I'm listening to Dan Patrick this morning. Now, we all know this happened because we got alerts on our phone. We also know because of the time change, you can watch things live. But in prime time, they're going to show these events. Yeah. Dan Patrick says this morning, he says, well... You know, uh, tonight we'll see what happens in the women's gymnastics final. It was over. I was in my car driving <laughs> when he was on, and I got the alert. And even at Channel 4 for the 11 o'clock news, we come on, 
and we're talking about things like they happened 15 minutes ago. They happened 14 hours ago. Yeah. So I'm not going to play that game. Don't play that game. I'm not doing it. Suni Lee won. Congratulations to her. Simone Biles, of course, should have given a, given a disclaimer, though, right? Well, that's what they say. Spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler alert. Don't listen if you don't want to know and you want to see for yourself. Right. Well, if you don't want to know, then probably you shouldn't live because you can find <laughs> out the information. Not like the old days. Right. Hey, I don't want to. I don't want to spoil anything. Well, then turn off your phone. Right? <laughs> don't look at the computer and don't talk to another human being. Yeah. Lock yourself downstairs with the lights off until. 4.30 this afternoon. That's when NBC will have it in primetime. So, anyway, that's done. Congratulations to SUNY Lee. And, Rodney, here, here's what I want to say about it. And, again, as a guy that played, may, uh, hopefully you can appreciate it, and you'll tell me if I'm wrong. Simone Biles could not go, openly admitted, mentally she wasn't there. She stepped aside. All right, now, SUNY Lee also had earned a spot in the final, and she wins the gold medal. As much as you want to sit here and acknowledge what Simone Biles did and commend her for her actions because it took guts and strength to do it, I don't think you can minimize that Suni Lee just won the gold medal. The story is now Suni Lee, not Simone Biles. And it should be. It should be because she did win it. And whether Simone Biles is there or not, you cannot diminish what she She still had to go out and perform. And so she deserves all the credit that she's getting and and people that want to diminish it or taint it or put an asterisk by it, shame on you because she worked for it. It's no different than, uh, you know, people tried to taint Toronto's victory in the NBA finals because Kevin Durant got hurt. No, injuries happen. Things happen in sports. you got to move on. And she took advantage of the moment. And congratulations to her. She won the gold medal, period. You know, in life, sports oftentimes echoes life. And in life, if you can't go, if something happens to you, if something happens to me, there is going to be somebody that's going to step in. There's somebody that's up next. And that's an opportunity for that individual. And if that individual performs, that individual is going to have the job. That's just how life works. I mean, as a pro athlete, you probably can speak to that better than anybody. Uh, 100%. I mean, again... Next guy up. You hear that all the time in sports. Next guy up, next man up, next woman up. Uh, It's true. You have to be ready, and you have to be ready to seize the moment. You see it all the time where, you know, your opportunity presents itself, and there are are people that take advantage of that opportunity, and then there are ones that don't take advantage of of that opportunity when your number's called or somebody's been hurt. We we talked about it at nauseum with the Lakers this this past year with the injuries to Anthony Davis and LeBron being out. Who was going to step up? Who was going to take advantage of the moment? And the frustrating part was nobody really wanted to take advantage of that moment. And, and so when somebody does, you got to give them credit. You know, it's it's the reason nobody knows who Wally Pip is, Fred. Yeah, no, exactly. That's what I was thinking this morning. <laughs> You know, here's Simone Biles, and it was all about Simone Biles. Everything was about Simone Biles. Yeah. All right? In a a span of 36 hours, now it's about SUNY Lee. Yeah. We find out now if Simone Biles, she can go in the individual events, Rodney. I don't know if she does or not. Yeah. Well, then she, yeah, she... uh Backed out of one of them, or, or she backed out of the all of them. That's what yeah. she backed out of, right? right. So, so she can still do the individual apparatuses and yeah. things like that. 
Um, Would you so ra- we'll see. I, I don't we'll know if see. she goes out there, though. I mean, if yeah. she couldn't do this. Right. Now. What changes, right? The question is what changes in a day. Right. And and maybe now that they're in it, some things have been done, and she can, she can maybe relax, and it's a different mindset. But maybe. Who knows? I mean, that decision is totally up to her if she wants to do it, and she feels comfortable doing it. But, again... You got to give credit to Suni Lee because she is she is now an Olympic gold medalist. Okay, you'll see that tonight, uh, beginning at four thirty on Channel Four, an event that took place at seven o'clock this morning. (laughs) You sound like you're doing like like we degrade you for the haiku. What you know what I mean? (laughs) Haiku at one forty two. The haiku at four o three. No, it's haiku at two. It it is the haiku at two. I understand and. That's and, why I had to yes. call in yesterday. Are you going to say this? Just, uh, the, you can see that tonight, <laughs> which, which already happened last night. Yeah. It's, this morning. I, I just <laughs> I can't sign off on that. I, I apologize. Yeah, it would be. It's okay. It was okay to do that, like in the seventies or the eighties, right. when when only thing you could go is find the AP or UPI wire, right, right to find exactly. out the story of what happened. The teletype machine. You know, yeah, Kevin. For you know, younger generation, that's how you kind of got up to date news back in the day. Back in the day. I don't know what you're talking about. Exactly. exactly. I'm, over here, you, I'm over here checking out TikTok. Yeah. Yep. Now you've got <laughs> exactly. Now you got those alerts, like you said, on your phone for all the different apps and just whatever. You don't even have to have the app. It'll just pop up in a news story. It pops up and it's a front front page of your phone and, and you can find out exactly what happens uh, every minute on the hour. You know, it's kind of like when we do news. Not to belabor this, but just tell me if you agree with this theory. It's kind of like when we do news. We come on the air at 4 o'clock, right? So you yeah. come on the air at 4, at least we do. And you go, good afternoon. Here's what's happening. Let's go, go out to Kim Baldonado for this report. That happened at 9 in the morning. It's already old. <laughs> yeah. We yeah. don't live in that world anymore. Yeah. Because if we're reporting something that happened at 9 o'clock in the morning as if this just happened, you already know what happened at 9 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Anything you want to know, you know. Yeah. Anything, anytime. And for, for you guys, because you also have the online presence... That it's already out there online right. on your station, on your on your feed. And so people have already read it online, and now you've got to report it like it's happening right now. Rodney, somebody calls me last week, one of the beach volleyball players. And it's sad for this individual. Uh, uh, Crab, I think, was the last name. Taylor Crab. And he's from here. Mm-hmm. He tests positive for COVID. Okay. So I'm sitting at home. It's like, uh, I don't know, 845 at night. I get this alert on my phone. NBC4 LA. Taylor Crab has tested positive for COVID. All right. 9.30, I get a call. Now, it's 9.30. I saw this at 8.45 at night. All right. 9.30, I get a call. It's the station. Hey, listen, we got a big story to tell you about. I said, what is it? <laughs> I said, Taylor Crab tested positive for COVID. He's out of the Olympics. I went, yeah, I know. And they go, what do you mean you know? We sent out an alert 45 minutes ago. <laughs> I already know this. Thank you. Our own station sent it out. And yes. I saw it, and they called me to say, we got big news here. <laughs> I already know. <laughs> You're even behind. Yeah. Right. Do you guys even talk to each other? Right. You're sitting at that desk, and you didn't realize? So, yeah. we're not we're not uh, adhering to these uh, spoiler alert things. No, 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 no. If it happens, on we're you. telling you. Yeah. That's right. If it happens, it's on you. Okay, so we're at Charger Camp down here in Costa Mesa. And we are going to be joined by General Manager Tom Telesco. That'll happen this hour. But in a moment, we have to get to the Dodgers. 
Rogan and Rodney, AM570, LA Sports. The clock is ticking. The deadline is 1 o'clock tomorrow. They did win last night. Walker Bueller, happy birthday. But what about the trade that they need to make? Max Scherzer. We'll get into it. Bringing you LA's best sports talk weekdays, noon to 3. Rogan and Rodney. Beautiful morning. Yes, it is. Look how beautiful it is. This is why we live in Southern California. It is a beautiful morning. We are out here in Costa Mesa at Chargers training camp. Bolt up, Fred. Bolt up. You know, exciting. And to be fair, a critical year for the Chargers. So far, fans will be allowed in this year for the first time. We'll see what the crowds are like. I know because I was told that they were ahead of season ticket projections which I'm not just making that up because we're sitting here. Kevin, I said it about a month ago, right? Yeah, it's well documented. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. I want to make sure. I don't want anybody to try to blow smoke. No, no, no. No. Yeah. Kiss up to somebody. No. Oftentimes, if I say something positive about the Chargers, <laughs> there are those that let me hear it. Yeah. And uh, no, that, that's true. They are ahead of projections. And I know as far as ticket sales went in San Diego, if you were to try to compare apples and oranges, uh, they're ahead of projection. They're ahead of what they were doing in San Diego as well. So it does show Rodney that they are starting to generate interest. But this, I think, is a critical year. They have yeah. their quarterback now. They've got a, if their roster stays healthy, and Brandon Staley is approaching things differently. Of course, they're in a very tough division with Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, But this year, I think, is really important for them to increase their footprint in Los Angeles. I, I think so, 100%, Fred, uh, for a variety of different reasons. I think just from the potential of this team and what we saw a couple of years ago, the team that went back and, and demolished Baltimore in the playoffs and then you know, ended up losing to, to, to New England, uh, that's the team that we saw, okay, this team is, is, is ready to take the next step, and then they got hit with injuries. Um, for a couple of years, which derailed them a little bit, but the talent is still there. And the key, obviously, and it is for, for most teams, is, is injuries. But for this team, it just feels like they, they, they got hit hard with the injury bug for over the last two years. Not just with play, but key players on right. both offense and defense, which, uh, which really uh, w was difficult for them to take. And a lot of them happened in training camp for it. It was training camp injuries that really affected them. Um, so for that reason, also fans back in the stands, like you said, at SoFi, it's going to be so important for this team to really not only play well, but more importantly, get off to a good start. Yes. Because if you don't get off to a good start, then people will stop coming. Right. Because in this town, you got to win, right? you got to win. They want you to win championship. But if you start 0-3, 0-4, or 1-4, then the excitement leaves the, the leaves you for the start of the season, and then like, oh, okay, why are we going? Why are we going? Especially a team that's trying to have their footprint in L.A., you have to get off to a good start. Yeah, and that's what been in the last couple of years. Yeah. Struggling out of the box. Tom Telesco, general manager, will jump on here uh, sometime probably in the next 15, 20 minutes. All right, so the Dodgers win last night. Walker yes. Bueller, happy birthday, 27 years old. He looked good. And oh. he gave up that hit in the fourth inning. I went, damn, there goes your no-hitter. It was a little early yeah. in the game for that, I know. Yes, Fred. But I thought he was just untouchable. You folks from home. Yeah, well, we know how I do that. I thought he was untouchable, Rodney. Man, he looked good. Incredible. You, you know, it's, it's like we talk about in basketball, guys. He's just a walking bucket. 
Walker Bueller is just a money right now when he goes out to pitch. Imagine, Fred, if, if the Dodgers' offense was what we thought it should be at the start of the season and the way Walker Bueller is pitching now. I mean, I'm his, I think he has 21 starts this year. You know, he's, what, 11-1? and one? Um, He might have 15, 17 wins. Yeah. If the Dodgers get swing the bat a yeah. little bit. Yeah. Um, but he's been incredible, incredible. When you want... When you want the bleeding to stop, you put him out on the mound. Yeah. And that goes back to, well, I was saying this, that Dodgers may be down the stretch and want to start thinking, and I know we're getting some guys back healthy out of the, you know, in the bullpen, but might want to start thinking about letting these guys go complete games. Yeah, you've mentioned that. You've said you know, that. Because I don't know who, it's, it's like, uh, who's the famous, famous quote? I think it was Kurt Schilling who said, uh, when, uh, they went out to go get him, I think, in Boston one one game in the playoffs, and he said, I don't know, who, whoever you bring it out of the pen, it ain't better than me. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right? Right? So you can say that about Walker Buell. I don't care who you bring it out of there. They're not going to be as dominant as me because right. he's dominant. And it doesn't look like he – when they, when he goes seven or even seven and a third or seven and two-thirds, he's not slowing down. It's effortless. It's effortless. Yeah. And, and so it's not like he's laboring through the seventh inning that you got to take him out because he's he's hit the wall. He is still going strong in the seventh inning. So might be something to think about, Fred. Let him go complete game. Let's go back to the old school. We may have to. Yeah. Because if they don't swing a trade – they're going to have to let guys go as long as they can go. Yeah. And that brings us to the trade deadline. Let's see if it's a one-run game. Yeah. Now, yesterday was a blowout, right? Yeah. So, okay, yeah, you don't want to waste it. But if it's a one-run game and it's in the seventh, you know, you're deciding whether you want to bring him back out for the eighth, let him go. I'm letting him go. You know, they brought in Mitch White last night, and I have no idea why when I see this guy, Mitch White, it triggers something in my mind. I don't oh know why. Oh, my God, Kevin. You got the you got the delay on right now? No. You got the dump on? <laughs> remember, re- and I don't know why, remember the fighter, Mitch Blood Green? Yes, yes. Every time Famous I see Mitch. Famous for Tyson? Yeah, every time I see Mitch White, I think of Mitch Blood Green. Why? I don't know. It just enters my mind. I want to call Mitch Blood White because we had Mitch Blood what? Green. What? I don't know. I'm just saying. What? I don't know. It is very troubling. But he went in last night, and that's the first thing I thought, Mitch Bloodgreen. And it was Mitch White. Unbelievable. I know. They let him hit. <laughs> you get up there. Go ahead. You got to explain it to me why you want, why that <laughs> I don't know. triggers Mitch Bloodgreen. I don't know why. It simply triggers it in my mind every single time. So he, he finished the game out. He was fine. <laughs> Way to go, Blood. I'm going to call him Blood. Mitch White's going to be Blood. Blood White. Blood White. Mitch Blood White is in the game. Unbelievable. Anyway, you know, aside from something like that, and you talk about guys that would have to go longer, that brings us to the trade deadline. It's 1 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. Yep. This is our fifth time together on the air for the trade deadline. (laughs) (laughs) We're watching that clock. Yeah. Kevin, are we on an hour or two tomorrow? Two Two hours hours tomorrow. Okay, so we'll be on and we'll get it. All right, well, let's bring on Tom Telesco right now. Why not? Come we'll on. continue on. Uh, yeah, we're on. Yeah. You want to come on? Come on. Come on. Give him the headset. Come on. We put that chair over there, but I guess we, you know, it's all family okay. friendly now. No, whatever you want. You yeah. good here? Yeah. All right, Tom Telesco, the general manager of the Chargers, joins us. Good morning to you. Good morning. Thanks for coming out. 
Absolutely. It's great to be out. I, I feel like uh, it was just yesterday I was doing this, Tom. Uh, Even though it was 20 know. years ago. <laughs> <laughs> hey, back back in your day, it was true two-a-days. That we I just mean, talked about right? that. I mean, yesterday we practiced for 75 minutes. We're off the field. Yeah. And then once we get moving, you know, it's one a day and it's two hours, you know, 2.15. Right. I, I remember that. I remember how when I first came in, which was 89, that, you know, guys came into training camp to get in shape because yeah. you, you spent six weeks of training camp. Yeah. And, yeah. and three of those weeks were before – any preseason game started, and it was two a day. It was, it was full pads, two, yep. two and a half hours of practice, and and you got it in. And and now, obviously, the game has changed in a lot of different ways. But I I would much rather have preferred this way than yeah, doing and, it the and, other and way. Our off season has changed a lot since yeah. when you play too. So these guys, when they come into camp, I mean, they don't need six weeks anymore. No, they don't no. need the, you know to bang heads for two twice a day, you know, no. six days a week. I don't even know if you guys had an off day during during training camp or not. I don't the off remember. day was a they called it a special teams day. Okay, so guys still went so out. For quarterbacks, yeah. that's pretty good. Yeah, it was good for us, yeah. but everybody else had to go out and do like a walkthrough yeah. for that. Yep. Yeah, yep. You know, talking about that and uh, yesterday day one of camp, we obviously you're aware of what Brandon Stanley's doing, and he changed the routine. Didn't practice as long. More stretching. Uh, is that the future of the NFL? Well, as far as not practicing long, this, there are NFL rules for the first five days for an acclimation period. So that was pretty much normal what everybody does. Same thing we did last year, about 75 minutes for the first day. Um, but, yeah, you're looking for different techniques, trying to gain an edge, just trying to um, get better. And so, yeah, yeah, the stretching routine is different. Look, look it's a new head coach, new, new strength coach, new, really, really whole new coaching staff. So, yeah, we're going to see some changes, no doubt. Um, but uh, it's been fun. It's been fun to be around. Yeah, and, and, and when you talk about the changes, look, it's no secret that 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 this team has been bitten by injury bug over the last couple of years, and and it's a, look, it's a football's a violent game. It's it's injuries are going to happen. It's a part of it. You don't know when they're coming, and and it's not immune to any team right. in, in in the league. So it happens. Um, some of these changes are they reflecting the the past couple of years or the years that that you guys have you know had some injuries in training camp. Or is it just you know just a different philosophy from Coach Daly? I mean, really, it's more of a different ph- philosophy. Yeah. Um, but you know, we had a couple years. Right? We had one year, but three or four years ago, we got hit really hard, yeah. much more than than the league average. The other years, we've been right about the league average. It's just that some of the guys that got hurt were pretty big guys. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, when Derwin James gets hurt, right. uh, it's a pretty big deal. I mean, we can say next man up all we want, but it's right. a little different when he when he goes down. But um, but no, it's it's uh, you try to put a whole routine together between nutrition, stretching, offseason program, practice tempo, uh, the, the GPS tracking we use, and then there's also the other side of it is you know the players you bring in. You want to make sure you bring in guys that that are durable, and obviously yeah. you're not going to be 100 percent on that. You know, guys get hurt, a lot of injuries are unpredictable. Uh, but that's part of the NFL, and it's part of my job, too, is to make sure you have a strong enough roster that if somebody gets hurt, yeah. the next guy in, there's not that big of a drop-off. You know, you talk about the roster, and I don't think anybody would question the fact that year in and year out, you have built a very good roster, oh, a very yeah. competitive roster. And when we start training camp and we look at the roster every year, that's the thing you say. He's done it again. You've got a good roster. Then the injuries. Or things go south at one point. Or your kicker starts missing extra points and field goals. Uh has that driven you a bit crazy? The job itself drives you crazy. <laughs> there's, there's, there's so much you can't control. Um, but, look, you try and fit all the pieces together. And you know as you, as you do that, there's going to be bumps in the road. We understand that. Everybody has them. Um, not, nothing's going to be perfect. So you just keep working at it. You, know, you have a philosophy of how you're going to build it. Um, I, I love what I've seen from our coaching staff. They're, they're teachers. Uh, the players have really bought into it. 
And uh, yeah, look, you just try. You do the best you can to manage it. It's, it's like once once training camp starts, you're in the blender for about six months, just trying to manage everything and make make it yeah. go straight. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of bumps in the road, but we'll handle it just fine. Yeah. Speaking of, you know, the you always. I don't care what team you are. You're, you're thinking about the injuries and the next man up. And like you, Fred said, and you said, you know, you you've built a, a great roster and drafted well, and free agents have been great. Um, but then now you add an extra layer on it with this COVID situation and yeah. COVID protocols and all those things. How do you think that's going to affect? Because it's affecting certain teams when it comes to the vaccination. We hear stories, you know, for instance, out of Washington, how, yeah. you know, not a whole lot of players are there at the bottom of the average of players doing that. How much do you think that has affected you and, and, and this team and how much it will it affect you and this team in terms of what the, the league rules are now? What's funny, because last year was really, really difficult. Um, and this year it's different, but it's just as hard. Um, but the good thing is we have the vaccine right now. But I'm proud of our guys. We're big on we're going to give you some resources and some education on the vaccine. And, and plus, I trust our guys. It doesn't have to just come from us either. You know, they all do their own research. These guys are adults. We don't have to treat them like, like high school kids. So they did all their own research. We trust them that they're going to make the right decision for themselves. And that's what you have to do. I mean, this is, you know, I'm the general manager. I shouldn't be giving medical advice to our players, but I can find the right people if they need the education on it. Um, and then our guys are, you know, our numbers really came up pretty high. I think we're, you know, high 80%, almost 90% at this point. Um, and we're trying to keep guys safe, yeah. but understand for each player, it's a different decision. And that's, sure. it's up to them. And, but we told them, whatever you guys decide, competitively, we'll make it work. That's that's our job. That's that's my, my job and Brandon's job to make it work. So there's no competitive imbalance with some rules that we may have to follow. But luckily, our numbers are high enough. We, we should be okay. You know, we talked about this on the air, and obviously, since Rodney played, it, it, it turned into a pretty interesting conversation. So we understand that, you know, if an unvaccinated individual on the club uh, then affects a game, okay, uh, the team who had the unvaccinated individual is basically responsible for everything. You could forfeit the game. Uh, you may be charged with all the costs associated with the game. And Rodney said, you know, if that happens, I wouldn't be surprised if a club said, you're done. We're just going to move on with somebody else if you're going to affect, affect us like that. Do you think that will happen? I know some assistant coaches around the league weren't vaccinated and they're done. Do you think that that will happen? Well, number one, yeah, those are significant penalties. And by the way, last year there was the same thing. If a game wasn't played and it was forfeited, it was the same rules. But uh, look, when it comes down to it, it's it's the player or coach. It's their choice, and it, it's not mandated. So if it's their choice and they, they choose otherwise, then then it is what it is. We'll we'll make it work. Um, you know, it can't it it cannot come down to vaccinated unvaccinated. If it is, then we're doing something wrong. So, like I said, with Brandon and myself. It's up to us to make things work, um, and it's not mandated. So, we'll, but like I said, we're, we're lucky enough that, that our numbers are high enough. Um, we've seen already that even vaccinated, yes, you can still get the, mm. get COVID. Um, luckily, you know, usually, the, usually the symptoms aren't as bad. Um, but like, it's just something we'll deal with. We're actually, I mean, we're kind of used to it at this point, dealing with it all of last year. So I wouldn't say we're experts at it, but it, it's not totally uncommon like it was last year. But we'll make it work. Yeah. Um, now. It, to football, I know fans are excited for football to start again. Training camp always kind of gets, at least for me and football fans, juices flowing again. Um, what are you excited about this year? And I can tell you from from my standpoint and being out here, I didn't get a chance to come out obviously last year and, and, and see training camp, but uh, is, is to see, first of all, how big Justin Herbert is <laughs> <laughs> and how impressed I was of him last year playing. I'm excited to see year two from him. 
What about you? What 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 excites you about first of all him and then the rest of the team? It's funny you say that how big he is. So I, I had seen him a couple times early in his career. It wasn't you know so much focused on him, but when I went to the Rose Bowl and I was standing on the sidelines during pregame warmups waiting for the teams to come out. He comes running out of the tunnel, and I'm looking at him like, holy. I mean, I didn't realize. I mean, he's big. <laughs> yeah. Big, big. You know, 6'6", 235, 240, and fast and athletic. Um, but what I'm excited about, a lot of it is just all these fans here, none of them had seen any of our players in person last year, and none of them mm-hmm. had seen Justin Herbert in person. Right. So a chance to come out and watch these guys practice, watch Justin throw. I mean, you've already probably seen, like, yeah. It looks so easy and smooth and effortless, but the ball just jumps out of his hands. Kind of like a, yeah. I'm not a great golfer, but it's kind of like a good golf swing. It looks mm-hmm. so effortless, but the ball just explodes out of the off the club. That's the way his arm strength is. Um, so chance to watch him, and it's been you know it takes time to get all the pieces in place. I, I like the people we have here, and watching the coaching staff kind of work with the players. That's what I'm excited about because it's brand yeah. new, like brand new scheme on offense, brand new scheme on defense, brand new on special teams. So there's a lot lot, lot of new going on. What what's what's um. What's the exciting about him? Because everything I heard is that he soaks up the information. He really is into it. Yep. He is a student of the game. All those things that you hear, that you want to hear, I guess, uh, people have said that about him. Um, but as you know, year two is a different animal. Yes. Now that everybody has seen you on tape, they're going to scheme against you, specifically for you. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's had a year under his belt, but also the other teams that you play, especially in your division, have had a year to yeah, kind of scheme. Yeah, they've had a whole offseason yeah. to how are we going to defend Justin Herbert. Right. Okay. Now, we also had a whole offseason to how we're going to counter that. Um, but Justin has all those qualities that a franchise quarterback has to have outside the white lines, the preparation, the intelligence, the drive to be great. He's a perfectionist, but he's a great teammate. And mm-hmm. even how he handles the media, as you know, yeah. you know, there's so many media responsibilities, and you're the, you're the face of the franchise. It's the, it's the head coach and the quarterback. Those are big shoes to fill for, for young players. Um, and he's just so mature how he handles it. I give great credit to his coaches at Oregon, his parents, his high school coaches, because mm-hmm. he, was, he was brought up the right way. Uh, you wouldn't have picked him where you did if you didn't believe in him. Has he surprised you, given what he's done so quickly? The only I do surprise as the word, but obviously when he, when he stepped in against Kansas City in Week Two um, and play as well as he did, you know, not knowing he's going to start that game because we had told him in training camp, look, your opportunity may come at some point. We don't know when, but you need to be ready when that comes. I didn't think it'd be Week Two, but it happened. And uh, credit to him and the coaches to have him ready to play, and, and, he, and, he, and he just didn't flinch. I mean, that's that's the biggest thing for a rookie quarterback is like nothing seemed to phase him. It wasn't easy for him, but nothing phased him. And then it just kind of took off from there because, like you said, the talent is pretty easy to see. But there's a lot that has to come along with that in this league that takes more than talent. Yeah, and you, we talked about, you know, starting of the season and how important it is to, to get off to a good start um, for, for you guys. And that's, that's for any team. But it feels like for you guys, it's really important to get off to a good yeah, start. I think so, and especially in, in our division. Yeah. You know, so – you got to go. You got you to get moving. So I'm glad we have a couple preseason games to play a little bit. Uh, we certainly didn't need four. Um, three will be okay. Honestly, if we had two, we'd mm-hmm. probably be fine. Um, but uh, yeah, and we, we go to we're at Washington right off the mm-hmm. bat. They have a great defense. So uh, yeah, we got to get get moving. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. You know, the preseason is cut down to three. But how do you think the 17 games are going to affect the season? Um, not with you, you guys, but but the whole league. You know, it's hard to know. I mean, I hate to minimize it because you know I'm not a player. Um, but, you know, you know, teams that go to the playoffs are routinely playing 17-plus games. Um, but we'll see as we get into December if we have to do anything just, you know, practice-wise, reps-wise with, with that last week, kind of see how it handles. 
Um, but it's new. It's new for all of us. Yeah. You know, so we'll kind of, you know, we'll play it by ear as we go. Um, I don't think it should be too much of an issue. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll see. Every year is an important year. Every year you want to win. We talked about this when we came on the air. Fans back at SoFi this mm-hmm. year. All right, you've been in town a few years. You've got a great young quarterback. You've assembled a really good roster again. Is this it? I mean, there's a point where you've got to take that next step. Is this the year you've got to take the next step? Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is it's kind of lined up pretty well. I thought, you know, last year, I know obviously we had no, no fans allowed in the building. But, like, we're still getting our footing here. So, you know, it wasn't the worst thing in the world. And now, you know, our season tickets have gone, you know, out, out the roof, which is great to see. Excited about getting in the stadium, seeing our fans, see this football team. Um, but, yeah, every year is big. Like, there's no rebuilding in this league. Like, you got to win. you got to win now. And that, that, that's the way I've approached it. And, we, you know, we got to do it. I like the people that we have here. I mean, it's a people business. It really is. And, and you got to yeah. be able to trust the people around you. Um, and I feel like that we have good pieces in place. Now he's got to put the work in and see how things fall out. Yeah. Um, getting back to Justin Herbert, uh, you talk about him being the face of the franchise. Uh, is he good with that? You, you think? Is he? Is he? I mean, he does handle the media well. He does handle. He's a great teammate, as you said. But he's still a young kid, yeah. right? To put that on him, and and it comes with the territory. I mean, it just it is does. In your opinion, his personality, the way he carries himself, yeah. is is he ready for for yeah, all of that? I just I just love him being himself. Yeah. And then as you grow into this job over the years, yeah, you may take on some more responsibilities, but at your own pace. But uh, you know, part of that job is, like I said, you're you're in front of the media a lot. Everybody's listening to what you say. He's so mature, he handles it. But it's it's part of the job. But he also it, it grows in the time. I remember my last year with the Colts, we had drafted Andrew Luck. Um, mm-hmm. Andrew's you know smart, great leader. Um, but his first year, like it was an adjustment as far as being the guy, especially when you're mm-hmm. in a locker room with a bunch of adults. You just mm-hmm. came out of college. Yeah. So there's an adjustment factor. Uh, same thing with Peyton Manning. You just don't walk in the first day and you're telling you know. 10-year vets what to do okay <laughs> they have to you kind of yeah. have to earn that yeah and and just earn some of that last year based on how we played um so it's, it's a growing process you, you've seen it so mm-hmm. um but uh, yeah he, he, he's equipped to do that thanks for coming over yeah really yeah. appreciate great, it today yeah yeah appreciate it great interview thanks guys all right thank you all right tom telesco general manager of the chargers and uh, excited and should be actually it's all in place now you've got the roster You've got the fans back in SoFi, and he understands, Rodney, that this is the year they need to make that move. They need to make that jump. Absolutely. And and, and we're not... You know, we're not saying this because we're here, but I think around the league, when you talk about rosters, the Chargers have one of the best rosters in the league. He always and the, and the question, that. obviously, the question, and it is with every team, but but more importantly, because it feels because we're here, but but it, in reality, this team has been hit hard by yeah. injuries and yeah. hit hard early in the season. So the key for them is just really not having those big injuries to those key guys. All right, we've got to get back now. We thank Tom, and later on, we think we're going to have Joey Bosa stop by. I, I think he's one of the funniest guys. He's really deadpan, besides being one of the best players in the league, really deadpan. Keenan Allen may stop by as well. But uh, when we come back here, we got to get back to the Dodgers and the trade deadline. Rogan and Rodney. AM 570. LA Sports. Max Scherzer and Trey Turner. Sign mm, me up. I'm come telling on. you that right now. Come on. Bringing you LA's best sports talk weekdays, noon to 3. Rogan and Rodney. Oh, yeah, we are live. We are live from Chargers training camp out here in Costa Mesa on a beautiful Southern California day, Freddie. Beautiful. 
And it was great having Tom Telesco stop by. Absolutely. He's always good. Uh, all right. He didn't give us the coach speak or the uh, the GM speak, right? He gave us the real. Yeah, you, you know, know, sometimes you get on and they give you the, you know, the, the tin cup or not the tin cup, but the, you know, the, the just the uh, standard answers, the pet answers that, that everybody uses. He got in depth with us, so it was great. Yeah, it was. Now, I, to be fair. Yeah. We have had him on where he's given us the tin cup. Mm-hmm. He, he has. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know he has. I meant has. the Bull Durham. The Bull Durham. The Bull Durham. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's given us the Bull Durham. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, uh, today, very good. Yep. And uh, very open. And we appreciate him stopping by. Uh, all right. Let's get back to the Dodgers now with the trade deadline tomorrow. And uh, you're, you're hearing all kinds of things around Major League Baseball. You know, they moved the trade deadline up. This is it. Got to get it done. So yep. we do know the Cubs today in their lineup. They don't have Anthony Rizzo or Chris Bryant. Both of those guys have been rumored to be moved. I wouldn't be surprised now if they're not in the lineup today if both are moved. What we hear for the Dodgers is everybody's talking about Max Scherzer, and we understand Washington would also like to move Trey Turner, the shortstop. Mm-hmm. Give me both. No problem. All due respect to Corey Seager, give me both. Because Trey Turner is a stud, mm-hmm. and we know Max Scherzer can pitch. Problem is, Turner apparently doesn't want to go to the West Coast. I don't know if he has a no trade yeah. or, or he is consultant on that. He doesn't want to go to the West Coast. Uh, other side of the problem is if the Dodgers cannot figure out a way to get Max Scherzer, we do understand that the Padres and Giants mm-hmm. both want him. Yep. So not only do you not want to lose him, you certainly don't want to lose him to one of those two teams. So that turns into this. If you are the Dodgers and Scherzer is your ta- is uh, your target, who do you move? Well, we know everybody wants Ruiz, Kybert Ruiz, the young catcher. Okay, well, you've got a young catcher in Will Smith. Yep. And Austin Barnes is fine. Defensively, he's just a stud. Right. You're fine at that position. You're good. Yeah. And and you know what you got. With and Will you know Smith. what you got. Yeah. You know, you know. Sometimes you you know you get guys from from that are prospects. You know what they are as prospects, and then, but you don't necessarily know when they get to the big leagues of how they're going to perform. Right. You know, but what you have in Will Smith, which I think he's been he's been great, a steady bat for the Dodgers. I think he'll get better defensively. But you know what you got. You know what you have, and so uh, you know, I think you're solid at that position. And Austin Barnes is he's he's great defensively. He's not going to give you what Will Smith gives at the plate, but the combination of both of those guys, you're, I think you're pretty set. Okay, if that's the case, and we're Andrew Friedman, we've decided you can move Ruiz. We're, we're yep. making that decision Yeah, now. you can do it. Okay. Yeah. So now, maybe you have to throw somebody else in. And who is that somebody else going to be? Is it going to be a prospect? Well, Washington would probably love that. They might also like an established guy with some talent who has shown in the past that he can play. Last night, Cody Bellinger hit a home run. Yes, he hit one. Yes, he did. And he looked he's back. Well, he's not back. Huh? Everybody settled down. He's not back. He hit one home run. He hit a couple on the screws yesterday. Well, if it's to a point where we are applauding the fact that he's hitting the ball hard, you got to. That's the first step, Fred. Well, you know, the, the kid has been injured. It's been a, it's an awfully large first step. This is like walking across an ocean. His first step. <laughs> if we're going to applaud the fact he hit the ball hard, yes. Well, okay, and but in those previous at bats, in terms of coming out of hard, in terms of coming out of a slump, 
in terms of coming back from injury and then and then being in a, a tremendous slump, then you start to see him hit the ball hard. Yes, that's a that's a great first step. And I think Washington would love that. <laughs> you already got him though gone on. Huh? I think Mike Rizzo would think that would be quite the value. <laughs> we got him, he's back. Here's my isn't question. That the, isn't that the crazy thing about what? about the Dodgers and, and other teams around the league is that Washington just won it. They just won the title, right? And and, and they're dismantling everything. They got rid of Rendon. You know, they they're trying to move Scherzer. Uh, it just it, it. Could you imagine the Dodgers? And the Dodgers are trying to win it again. They're not trying to. Okay, we won one. Uh, you know, now let's get prepared for the rebuild. No, they're trying to win it again. They're trying to add pieces, big pieces, to help them win it again, where you got some of these other teams around the league. Okay, we want it. Now let's unload. Boston did the same thing. You know, I just thank God we have the Dodgers, and they're not, they don't have that kind of mentality. And that's why Andrew Friedman was hired. Yeah. He is built to be in the conversation for sustained success year after year after year. The Dodgers system allows them to be in that conversation every year yeah. and be competitive. Now, they could get injured. You can't account for that. But even this year, they're injured and they're fine. They're still in it. Uh, Washington, you know, what, what ends up happening is all of a sudden you have some success and you figure, I gotta, I, we got to sign these guys. We can't let them go. So now you're paying everybody big money. And what happens? Diminishing returns. You get to a point where everybody hits diminishing returns at the same time, but you're hamstrung because you're stuck paying everybody. So you can't do anything else. It's a system. It's a plan. It's an operating system. And Andrew Friedman understands that. That being said, a guy like Cody Bellinger. I think Plasky wrote in the Times today. He yeah. moved Cody Bellinger. Plasky moved everybody. Yeah. <laughs> he, 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 wrote today, he wrote today. He, moved. <laughs> he did. Who? Put this guy in the mix? Yeah. Move him. Do it. Move I mean, it. I mean, he's listening to Fred too much. Yeah. I heard you guys get into that last week. <laughs> Basically, Adam and Basse and, and, and you all teamed up on Fred. <laughs> Why are you trading Bellinger? <laughs> That's right. And, and he all looked at yeah. me like I was crazy. But let's say Trey Turner. All right. Now we're spitballing. Let's say Trey Turner says, I'm good. I'll go to the West Coast. Let's say he says that. You get Trey Turner. Then you have to throw in Gavin Lux to them, too, right? All right. Well, we wish him well. <laughs> you, you know what? You can't have Gavin Lux, Trey Turner, and Corey Seager on, on, the, on, on the same team, can well, you? And we're probably going to thank Corey Seager for his service at the end of the year, No, too. you are not. If you get Trey Turner? No, you are not. If you get Trey Turner? We got a, a reigning World Series MVP. I know we do. Uh, and you got something that uh, a guy that could potentially be that? Straight up, I'd make that trade. Never. Well, Turner's also, or, or, Trey Turner's also versatile. So yeah, he, can he, can play play some, he can play some outfield. Straight he can up play. For, for, One of the fastest guys in baseball yeah. can hit 300. No, I'm not giving up Corey Seager. Okay, I'd make that trade right now. Get out of town. And I've got no problem with Corey Seager. Get off this desk. You know what? <laughs> Corey Seager does a nice Don't you BM ever go to a Dodger game again. <laughs> I'm saying, Corey Seager does a nice BMW commercial. He looks good. Uh, no. In a no. heart. You know what? No. What time is it? No. Time's up. I would do it. Grass ain't greener. Oh, please. Come on. No. Stop falling in love with guys. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're falling in love with the guys across the street. No, I, I'm in like. Oh, I'm in man. severe like. All right. You a player, player. Ruiz and Bellinger. Right now, Ruiz, Bellinger, and Lux. Trey Turner and Scherzer. 
and you can sign both of them. You might have to throw in Josiah Gray, too. No, we're not doing mm-hmm. that. Okay, well, I mean, if they yeah. want a young prospect, because you're, you're not that these right. guys Gavin are old. Lux, and, no. what, what are you talking about? Oh, yeah, because Gavin Lux is really tearing the cover off the ball, Fred. He's playing great. He will. He, you'd be selling he low will. on him, too, just he, like you'd be selling on Bellinger at this point. He's hurt. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the ego might be hurt. <laughs> wow. 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 But, yes, he is hurt. He's on the DL. I acknowledge that. Yeah. But even before he went on the IL, he, was, he wasn't performing that well offensively. He'd tell you that. Uh, yeah, he wasn't. It, well, if I'm talking to Washington, I'm telling him he was. <laughs> oh, yeah. They can't, they can't pull up the tape, right? They, they have no technology in their building. They can't watch what happened over the last few months. All right, Craig Kimbrell, uh, a name that's being mentioned. Uh, Cubs want to move him. Would you go in on him? Uh, yeah, he'd be a good fit. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm not mad at that. Okay. Who are you giving up? Uh, I'm not giving up what I'm giving up for uh, Scherzer. Okay. And uh, for Trey Turner. Okay. No, I give him up like a double-A guy. <laughs> Straight up? Yeah. <laughs> I give you a double-A guy and uh, maybe Okay, so, so do you think that the the hard part about the Scherzer thing is he wants to sign a long-term, right? He wants he wants uh, a contract. He's not. He doesn't want to be a rental. No. He wants so to sign. He wants to sign. Right. Which can make the difficult part of it, which is why... You know, you kind of want that Trevor Bauer situation to get resolved somehow. Oh, we've got somehow some shape or form, so you know where you stand. We've got to figure, at least I I figure this that he's done. Yeah, but is the money done? Nope. Exactly. I believe he has a player option for next year. Yeah. So, yeah. If That's he's not playing, stuck. I'd still opt in. You know. Well, then you got to write. You know what? You got to write him a check for eighty million dollars. The final two years of his deal. Okay, Fred, go in your pocket and get it. Well, it's not my money. And that still counts against your luxury exactly. tax if you it buy him counts. out. It doesn't, oh, it does? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that doesn't come off your books. You, you, pay them, you can pay him to go away, but you're still paying him. It still counts as money on books. So Remember, they, they might still be paying Carl Crawford right now. Remember they were paying no, he, him? Yes. He's paid off. <laughs> no. Oh, finally. finally he's I, paid, paid, yes. I yeah. think he came off last year. Yeah, he's not yeah. quite <laughs> as bad as the Bobby Bonilla, but he, yeah, he's, he's, I think he's done. No, Carl Crawford's paid off. But uh, if that's the case... Because, you know, they've got to continue to reload and be competitive every year. I see them going to arbitration to get out of that. Dodgers. That could happen. Yeah, I see that. That could happen. Yeah. And maybe they come to a settlement. Yeah. I mean, that that, that, that certainly can happen. But, but I, I and, and we talked to Ned about this yesterday, about what do you do because the three teams that Scherzer wants to go to happen to be in the same division. They happen to be your the teams that you're battling. What do you say? He said, "Is it to norm- ordinarily? No, you don't worry about somebody else. You worry about what what's good for you. Um, but some, there are certain cases where, yeah, you don't want a guy that's a difference maker that can be a difference maker like Scherzer going to the opposing team. That's a dagger. You, you can't, you know, you can't hamstring your own self. But if there's a way to keep, get that done and, and not uh, not allow him to go to somewhere else, you try to do it. But yeah, that would be a dagger. That that gives you even more incentive to really try to make that happen." All right, the trade deadline, 1 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. And as we have been since we've been doing the show together, we'll be right here with you. We'll be all over. Rogan and Rodney. AM 570. 570. LA Sports. Live in Costa Mesa today at the Charger training camp. Again, thanks to Tom Telesco for stopping by. Maybe later, because I think they get done at 11, Kevin. Uh, around 10.30. Okay. Well, yeah, so 10.30. I, I got confirmation. Don't say it, Fred. <laughs> what? You, you, you. I just received confirmation. We're going to get Joey Bosa and Keenan Allen for sure. There okay. you go. They will be stopping by before we sign off today. Right on. It's going to be a good day. Also, NBA draft tonight. Are the Lakers going to make a move heading into the draft? We'll get into that next.